0: This week's Gaming the Podcast is all about Capcom, a developer and publisher that has just had a simply wonderful time recently releasing hit after hit, particularly across their primary franchises of Resident Evil, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter and Devil May Cry. I'm John Robertson and I'll be joined shortly by Stace Harmon to talk about what has made these franchises work so well for Capcom and discuss how the company has now put itself back at the very top tier of game development. If you'd like to join the conversation, then do get in touch with us on Twitter, we are at IndieByDesign, that's at IndieByDesign, and while you're there you'll also find a link to our Discord server. And if you'd like to support the show, then please do consider picking yourself up a copy of one of our video game books. You can find out all about those at IndieByDesign.net. Now, let's get on with discussing Capcom.
1: Recently, I have been playing a lot of Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection on Switch, which Um, manages to retain the very brutal difficulty of the 90s original. I remember playing, uh, I think it was on Mega Drive. I remember playing that a long time ago. Um, But it's been updated in several interesting ways. And Capcom has done, I think, a very good job of retaining the essence of that original game and making it palatable and playable whilst also still being very difficult uh for modern audiences. So it does things like yeah, there's a there's an ability tree of sorts. You can unlock kind of magic special powers that you have slots for and you can use those in the levels. Um there's also a branching level system where if you're banging your head against a brick wall for a while, you can then try a different branch of the level. Like there's basically two different one ones, for example. Um so you can pick the one that, that suits you depending on what kind of challenges you're uh you're equipped to deal with. Um it's pretty generous checkpointing, there is infinite lives, and yet despite all of that, I've spent a lot of time, like each life might only be 20 or 30 seconds on the hardest difficulty, um, which has resulted in me being humble and going down difficulties in order to make any sort of progress, but... All of it in total kind of sums up for me how Capcom has taken that franchise and thought about how to make it work in 2021. Uh, And that, I think, speaks to something that Capcom appears to be very good at, which is it seems to be able to have periods of self-reflection where it looks at its franchises and is able to assess what made them great in the first place and retain that essence whilst also doing a good job of updating them. And probably Resident Evil uh, 7 is a very good example of that. After the low point of 6, Capcom went away and thought a lot about that and and made sure that 7 went back to the roots of the, of the series. And we talked about this somewhat in... Um, in like the twenty-fifth anniversary episode of Resident Evil on the podcast. Um but yeah, they seem to be, for the most part, a company that is able to take care and curate their own franchises very well, uh, whilst not not losing that that original essence of them. And they've been around for you know, they are an enduring an enduring uh developer and publisher. They've been around for a long time. So what are your you play more Monster Hunter than I do, for example. So, what, like, does that fit with your your experience of Capcom, your view of Capcom as being a company that is able to retain its, uh, retain the identity of its franchises whilst also just making them good, basically? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I, I think it does that. So, I'd I consider Capcom as having. They're pretty much a franchise studio at this point, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like They rarely do a fully original game. I know, they, I know they do occasionally, but it is very occasionally at this point. But it's that their, their franchises... What the, yeah, what they do with their franchises is, is really clever and really good. And they just rarely make a bad game anymore. Like, I know that they release a huge number of games. They release the games on phones and mm. tablets and stuff. And I can't claim to have played all of those. But um, of their main, quote-unquote, main games... Um, they, you know, they always score well. They sell pretty well. Um, I enjoy them, and yeah, I think a lot of that is that they take care of their franchises, like you say. So, I mean, um, you know, Monster Hunter Worlds uh, adds full online systems and that's sort of how irritating they can be. Once you're actually <laughs> in them and playing, and everyone's in there, it, it works really well, and it's really good, and it does change the gameplay a lot but also retains that core Monster Hunter vibe. Mm. Um, Rise is a bit more kind of um, <clears throat> aimed at players who don't necessarily like the changes in Monster Hunter world. So, you know, here you go. Here's a different mm. game in the same series aimed at someone slightly different. Uh, and then, But then I guess the most obvious examples is the, the recent Resident Evil games. Mm. Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake um, both show that real love and respect to both the franchise and the audience in how well and how much care they've taken in developing those games. Um, And an
1: understanding of them, right? Again, of both of those things, of their franchises and an understanding of the audience as well. So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Resident Evil 2, feels like resident evil 2 in a lot of ways but it also feels completely new in in other ways i know people didn't like resident evil 3 as much but i thought resident evil 3 remake was brilliant mm. as well uh yes more action focused yes bit easier yes very short but you know that's fine um it was brilliant i really love that um and then resident evil 7 you know the disaster that was resident evil 6 um all the way back in 2012 you know they took five years off and they came back with resident evil 7 which is a brilliant game and and they've made that modern by like we we spoke about this in previous episodes but you know they made that modern by going back to well they made that nostalgic by mm. going back to resident evil 1's uh sort of uh house style sort of uh confined locations mm. and sort of maze-like design um but then they, they, they made it fresh enough with a new character, first person camera, um, obviously all the visual and technical stuff as well. But um, yeah, like I just can't think in the last however many years, I don't know, pick a number, like five years or whatever, in their main franchises, which I would say are Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, Street Fighter, Devil May Cry. They just nailed, nailed them, absolutely nailed them. Yeah. Like I can't think of... For there aren't many franchises that are in a stronger position than those at the moment and like you know whenever a new game in those series is released everyone is buzzed for it everyone's like well not everyone but you know their fans are buzzed for it like they they like yes i can't wait to play mm. that and that's not um, to say
1: that they don't i mean they do of course they do put a foot wrong here and there the launch of street fighter 5 felt like a big step backwards from where 4 had ended uh or had ended up um and then it went to five and that felt like a big step back, particularly if you were playing single player. That was, I think, maybe an experiment. There was a sort of an experiment in, well, looking around and seeing what things like shooters are doing, maybe Call of Duty splitting out its single player and its multiplayer. So maybe we can do a similar thing. Maybe there isn't the appetite for the single player. But there has been an effort to adapt to that. And, and I think it's easy to be quite dismissive. I mean, it, you know, sometimes you see it with companies who promise something i'm thinking something like no man's sky but what is delivered isn't initially out the gate the thing that people were expecting or even that they like that much and then to go back and work on that and keep working on it until it's being brought up to a level that is far more acceptable and palatable it does i think there should be some consideration and some um some well credit where it's due basically and that's I think what Capcom have done with Street Fighter 5 which yeah that's that there's been constant tweaks and constant balancing and and that's probably not surprising because they have an, an entire you know they have an entire tournament circuit built on this game it's not like they're just putting it out there into the wild and people can enjoy it or not enjoy it there is a certain expectation and they're, they're building a, a kind of a, almost a separate brand off of it so it behooves yeah. them to continue to tweak it but it does, it feels like it's done in the spirit of a lot of the other, a lot of those other franchises where there is a a willingness to, to listen and to understand and to re-examine and not just say it is what it is. Get, get on with it. And those, the Resident Evil remakes that you mentioned there, I think... They have that. They have that. I don't know if there's an actual word for it, but that kind of strange semi-nostalgia, that almost faux nostalgia thing of yes, it feels like the original. It almost feels like how you remember the original to feel when you first played it, and this is what they've done with Ghosts and Goblins. Like it, it feels like it feels like the original, even though it's there's so many different changes. But those updates and changes that have been made have been made in order to make it feel like the original. It's like, well, we need to make allowances for all of these changes that have happened in the design space over the last couple of decades and still somehow tap into that original feel. Whereas something perhaps like Medieval is another game that I kind of compare from around the same kind of era that was still still the most recent Medieval game. was was good, but not as successfully like retaining the core essence of what it once was and bringing it up to date um, in a meaningful way. So it, I think it takes a certain level of, yeah, willingness to listen and think about how to, yeah. to achieve well, something rather than just chasing trends or fashions.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the key. Like they really do seem to understand what is at the core of why people enjoy their franchises, so they can. Because sometimes it's hard. Like that sounds like such an obvious thing to say. Of course, a creator understands what's good about it. Mm. But but sometimes they don't. Like sometimes they they can only see it from their development perspective or the marketing perspective, um. And they can't see the wood for the trees. Really, they can't see what the opposite view of this thing is. You know, they're, they're behind their side of the fence and they don't really understand the other side of the fence, the player mm. side. Um. But Capcom really really do seem to understand it. And, and I think they've been quite smart as well. Like they seem to have um, limited themselves in terms of quantity of franchises that they're now focusing on. And that does seem to have improved quality quite a bit. Um, mm. Like the last fall. Uh, you know, they've got other franchises. They've got Ace Attorney. They've got Phoenix Wright, which, you know, hasn't had a game for a while. Marvel vs. Capcom hasn't had a game for a while. Dark Stalkers. Um, there's some other ones, I'm sure. But Lost Planet, Mega Man. Um, and I'm sure, you know, these franchises are not dead, I'm sure. while well, Lost Planet might be. <laughs> um, but, um, but the, yeah, I think it's really smart. Like, the, the games that they, and now they've they gotten to this... Phase in their sort of life cycle where they are now known for quality, and it's kind of snuck up a bit. Like it's not like it's not like they sort of put the flag down and was like, "We're now really good again." Mm. Uh, it's just slowly been this cultural shift, I suppose, from within the company. And so, so, I don't know. I don't claim to know like the internal politics or what's happened, but someone which would have said like that, you know enough is enough. Like, we need to stop just releasing all of these games that are getting, you know, mediocre review scores. Mm. Um, We're relying on releasing a lot of games that are selling okay in order so that our total sales are big enough so that we can continue with our status and making the games that we want to make. They really seem to have concentrated their development. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what's happened internally, but it's interesting to to see that just from just from the results perspective um yeah
1: and that yeah like you said it's not it is something that it's kind of the thing that when you start thinking about it more than just knowing oh yeah capcom have been doing this for a while It's that you you stop and think about what their recent releases have been over that last five or six year period and and then it it becomes it becomes evident having looked at like the the catalogue of releases rather than, than it just being a known thing. Like there's a, yeah, there's a, a period of of reflection that then leads to that. And that's what's happened for me with like ghosts and goblins. It started with playing that and, and appreciating that and then thinking, well, actually they've been doing this for a little while. They've been, they've been taking care of these things and, and, have, and having that back catalogue to tap into as well. Like they, they Capcom of the nineties I have a very, you know, there's a certain games companies that in the 1990s I'd, I have very fond memories of and and like Capcom and Konami were another one. Um and it's they have those games like that are of the era. So they have things like Mega Man and Ghosts and Goblins and Final Fight as well and mm street fighter 2 is almost its own thing street fighter 2 specifically and the variations of that but then they have like these franchises that are like span eras so the street fighter franchise as a whole is that but also resident evil and monster hunter and it's there's and devil may cry as well and there's Mm. there's it's not a thing it's not one of those instances where oh yeah, this series used to be good or this series was, yeah, like it had its heyday and now it's kind of, it didn't, it just didn't keep up. They, the developer didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how to make it relevant or current. Um, They've managed broadly to do that across multiple franchises and then, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean, and they are also quite eclectic, I think, because it doesn't mean that just because you like one Capcom franchise that you're going to like all of them by any means it's that you know i don't have as much interest in monster hunter and i would say that i found the whole experience in monster hunter world of trying to get online and play with somebody to be just kind of baffling i didn't understand why it was so complicated it just seems so it seemed like it's well, as a new player to the franchise who's heard a lot about this and i want to come in and experience it. it didn't seem like it was geared towards me as that new player um but I understand that the game underneath it is is very strong and is, has been very well received. But it was like, okay, well, maybe Monster Hunter Rise is perhaps more something that I'm I'd look towards. So again, it's not we're not claiming that Capcom don't make odd choices sometimes or haven't had missteps or controversies in their past, but they they do have a very strong suite of releases, particularly for a developer of that era. Um, and going back even further into the early 80s with like a lot of their arcade games that's where they originated a lot of their arcade games it's they have just yeah lots of games that you can name from your childhood that it's likely that you you favored a capcom franchise somewhere along the line it was it's, it holds a a special place
0: um yeah well well they take a lot of risks and and i'd argue that they still probably take risks now uh, i think even resident evil 7 going first person wasn't definitely going to work although they definitely need to try something after resident evil 6 um resident evil revelations as well episodic release that wasn't definitely going to work you know dmc devil may cry wasn't that long ago um that was massive risk and i think for most people that paid off um i I liked that game it was okay um it it was more than okay that's been a bit high it's more than okay it was a good game wasn't stunning um and i go i guess its quality was its its actual quality was kind of shown up by how good devil may cry 5 was um so yeah they do they do take risks and they don't just sit on their laurels like even though they're working with these big very revered within gaming very revered street uh, franchises um i guess only street fighter is well and resident evil i suppose as well outside of gaming are ones that people would have heard of i don't think that many outside of gaming i don't think you know Monster Hunter or Devil May Cry have really bridged the gap to mainstream non-gaming public like Street Fighter and Resident Evil have. No,
1: although it does have a film. I mean that, you know, that has happened a <laughs> uh, terrible well, film. Well, yeah, I mean that's you know video game films is a whole other podcast episode I think, but uh, and Resident Evil obviously had a, a string of of very commercially successful if not critically uh, particularly yeah, various
0: anime and stuff as well for mm. Resident Evil um yeah so they do they do take take um they do take risks and I, I guess I don't know I wonder if now is the time for them to take some more risks now that they re themselves as like a tier one sort of like super developer um it's I wonder if now is franchise. the time well, or, or or just bring back some of the ones that have kind of been lost a bit. Like I'm thinking, like Beautiful Joe. Mm-hmm. They've got loads of em ups, like Darkstalkers, Power Stone,
1: Power Stone. Yeah, I mean, I could, yeah, I could definitely get on board with the new Power Stone because has. I, I've I always favoured Power Stone over. I kind of never got, never moved on from Power Stone onto things like uh, Smash Brothers or that, which I, I think was much later. But I never really moved. That wasn't a natural evolution for me. So I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely happily go back and play, or well, not go back, but I would definitely play another Power Stone if that was, if that was created. And yeah. I'm yeah I, Joe and... Dead
0: Rising, Dead Rising is still kind of in that, the last Dead Rising game wasn't that long ago. Yeah. To be honest, I never loved the Dead Rising games that much, although I know that they were, some people really did adore them.
1: They took I mean um, that was another thing they took risks with with the whole like timed event thing and you could only if you missed certain there was a time of day element in the original Dead Rising that if you missed certain events or if you were somewhere else when something happened it just happened that mm. I think it got a bit of pushback on and I don't know how much of that is like it being a design issue versus just that's not how we're used to playing games we're not used to this notion of things happening in our absence we're used to being the driving force in any given game world and things can only progress when i say they can or when i'm there reacting to what i'm doing rather than just you mm. know me having to be in a certain place at a certain time so yeah and beautiful joe and i mean akami as well that akami yeah very well critically received not particularly commercially successful although it's destined for hd remaster Yeah, it Capcom's credit they have basically put it on every possible platform that they could You know, hope that it would find an audience and, you know, it's it's very fondly remembered. It's not when they have taken those risks. And as you said earlier, there are many, many other games they've released that I'm sure have been garbage and that haven't worked out. And, you know, people can bring up whole lists of games where these uh, experiments or risks didn't pay off, but they have had these big tentpole franchises and then they've had these things, these big not massively successful but very well thought of more experimental franchises like beautiful joe akami and yeah i mean ace attorney is a thing unto itself um and they're also they also managed to bridge that gap for the most part between the that kind of typical eastern western divide that is I don't know if it's perhaps talked about more than it is actually a thing, but they're a Japanese company that is huge in Japan. And to the point that they did things like they handled the localization and the publishing of the God of War series um, Mm. and apparently did a very good job of it. It was, they didn't just put their logo on the box and push it out the door. They hired local actors. They made sure that it was, it was done well. And so they've kind of acted as this bridge between the two and then they've taken some of their big franchises and tried to like monster hunter and done things. I don't know that it's necessarily to appease a Western audience, but I guess it's, it's that consideration again, they have considered what things work, what, where can things be tweaked to, to, but still retain the essence of the original franchise without just making it a completely Western game and, and losing its identity
0: yeah yeah and then on the other side of the coin to that they have funded western developers to make games for them so like you know the devil may cry dmc Devil Mm. May cry is that but remember me as Mm -hmm. well you play that yeah um that was a that was a pretty good game that was very interesting game i don't i wouldn't say like well everyone rush out and play it but it is very interesting game to kind of think about what they were trying to do um with that, and I suppose Capcom aren't alone in being a Japanese company who have hired or just outright bought up Western games developers. I mean, Sega have done it like mm. to a mm. phenomenal degree. Um, Sega seem to be buying up a huge amount of, or, or at least publishing a huge amount of Western Western games. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that was a cultural shift for them a bit earlier than this. Let's just concentrate on these core franchises and see how we go. Um. So yeah, they are clearly open to uh, learning, I suppose, and evolving. And adap- yeah, exactly. Cult, yeah, evolving like, and adapting, rather yeah. than yeah, rather than just because it can be very easy to what well, easier to just sort of stay in your stay in your on your track and just carry on doing whatever you, whatever it was that you were doing before and just hoping that the world adapts or sticks with mm. you rather than you working really hard to adapt and move to where the world's going and i don't think that's something that all games developers have achieved um certainly some Japanese, ones. well, yeah, like when one I of got... Capcom's
1: stablemates in the nineties was Konami, and I don't know that they've had that same. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't know they haven't had that same success in adapting or wanting to or being willing to or whatever the internal politics are at Konami and with Kojima as well. It, but there, yeah, that's there, another big name from the nineties that hasn't. Yeah, made well, it. you
0: can almost you can almost look at those two companies. As a case study Mm. and you know they they had a similar sort of established brands in PS1 era. Uh Konami predominantly, you know, riding on Metal Gear Solids, Capcom Resident Evil. Um and now and now look at them. Yeah. Um, I mean Konami are uh well, let's just say they're not exactly flying. And (laughs) um and Capcom Capcom really are like I think genuinely like whenever Capcom release a new game now or announce a new game or whatever like there's I'm genuinely interested to see what's what's happening with it even even though you know that it's probably going to be a game a franchise that you've played before Um, but you just don't know how you just don't know how they're going to take it and and they're quite good at making um, even though they're doing franchises they're not just following the way that they make their franchises relevant isn't just by copying what other games do. Yeah. Um, they do stick quite firmly. This goes back to like understanding the essence of their games. They do stick quite firmly to what it is that have made their games successful in the past. So I'm thinking, Devil May Cry, uh, not didn't come out too long. Um, apart from the new God of War, the new the newest mm-hmm. God of War, they're both on the surface of them. They're both action RPGs um but whereas god of war has moved into like brilliantly like it's done a great job of moving into this more open world more heavier on the rpg side and the leveling up and exploration and sort of pushing yourself through the world um you know this kind of semi-open world style yeah. that a lot of action action games adhere to now um Devil May Cry doesn't do that. Devil May Cry sticks doggedly, firmly to, here's a single level. There's going to be a start and end. You're going to get a Mm -hmm. rating at the end of the level. You're going to get a certain amount of, certain amount of bloods that you're going to use to level up. And that's what you can, that's all you can do. And the level is going to take 45 minutes or half an hour or an hour. Um, and there you go. Come back. We'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. you want to redo that level to try and beat your score? Like, go for it. Like, you know. Um,
1: it's, well, that's that seems. It feels more rooted in their like in their arcade roots. That notion of a beginning, middle, and end, a score, a like the, far more than sort of an open world style or a semi-open world style um, would be. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that means that Devil May Cry can
0: sit brilliantly alongside some of these other games. Like because you played God of War for that. Uh, as an action game for that wide open, um, more sort of emergent combat, mm. I suppose, and um, <clears throat> to have a more diverse gameplay experience, I'll do a, I'll do a bit of this and I'll do a bit of that, and then I'll do a bit of this all in the same game. Whereas Devil May Cry is no like this is this is it. You're going to go into a level and it's going to be pretty obvious where you've got to go all the time, and yeah. here's here's an arena that will literally shut yeah. until you've beat everyone, <laughs> yeah. and then it'll open up again um so so the games sit nicely so devil may cry can sit nicely with people who like to play things like god of war as well because you know what you're going to get from devil may cry like you can play god of war for your four or five hour exploratory session and then almost relax in the comfort of the constraints of devil Mm -hmm. may cry like you know what you're going to get for that hour of gameplay um and of course it just allows them to design um brilliantly conceived gameplay sequences in that as well because you know exactly what the player is going to be facing so it's all about just giving that you know that purity of the single design mm. concept um so i think they've been really smart in that and that can that feels kind of old school and nostalgic in a really a really sort of warm embrace kind of right well, yes but- again
1: it's this like faux nostalgia thing where it almost feels like the way that you remember it to be when you first played it but it isn't that because they've also done a lot to modernize and update the design so that it so that it isn't jarring so that it isn't that oh you go back to it and oh wow this just feels really old-fashioned and rubbish it's it yeah. feels fresh but it's yes yeah, it's, it is kind of reassuringly familiar at the same time yeah
0: i mean i guess the thing that links all of these that links street fighter Way cry is not evil monster hunter is that they do all have to greater or lesser degrees they all have this absolutely crazy blown out uh, sense of character sense of world um the dialogue is like off the charts of like B movie dialogue like devil may cry does it in that very spectacular like, these are just ridiculous superheroes, mm-hmm. um, sort of way. Resident Evil does, Resident Evil 7 does it in this. This is the most, you know, silly, um, uh, horror movie you've ever yeah. played like there's there's a car chase inside a garage in <laughs> Seven. like and like you get your arm cut off your wrist cut off and then you just glue it back or you stitch it back on and you're fine yeah um yeah. um yeah. you know in once hands a world you you go to this to that hub area and like everything's crazy and there's a giant monster about to come and there's people wearing all of this like sort of flint stones yeah. like weird like stuff the armor that would never work that would offer no protection and just be ridiculously heavy. <laughs> um, so it's they, they've all got that kind of that. Uh, and then street fire, obviously like the characters, the linking of the, even the character designs themselves, but the stories that link them are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they've all got that sense of playfulness, I suppose, like because the stories do have themes that are kind of can be, philosophical if you look deep enough but they're they're playful that's that's that's, that's mainly what they are
1: and they are cheesy but i wonder like i feel like for me anyway that cheesiness in a different game would just be outright bad writing and voice acting yeah, but yeah because yeah, what balance. underpins them is a quality experience you can be, I can be kind of far more forgiving of it and almost it's affectionate. It's almost, I expect it and I want that. I always want at that level of nonsense to go along with what is a very good game. But if the game, and that you can't, I don't know that you can do that without having built up the trust. You know, well, I mean, Resident Evil 1 was, was certainly no stranger to that kind of acting. And yet the game itself was so good that it carried it. Um, but yeah, in a game that's just bad, it's like that just adds to the, badness of it that's not charming it's just like what is this this is just terrible but
0: well i'm thinking yeah so i guess like no more heroes is is an example (laughs) of that where it's most people think that's also done pretty well but something more um more kind of audience splitting i guess would be like lollipop chainsaw um or shadow of the Damned. um although i like both of those games as well um so yeah, I don't know. I do, I do. Yeah, in general, just like their like that sense of uh,
1: lollipop well, yeah, chains- silliness. Yeah, lollipop chainsaw feels like it's one of those projects, and I say projects because I think that can also encompass other media, where the context in which it's created or the me- the what the creators are trying to do and the director specifically is trying to do it can be quite easily lost because it looks like another example of just a standard kind of typical video game fair with a cheerleader wielding a chainsaw. And, you know, it looks like a lot of other video games, not in the, the specificity of its aesthetic, that there's a cheerleader wielding a chainsaw, but just in that, uh th- what the purpose of that is for, what, who is, who that's for, what it's meant to be saying in having that. And I think if you, If you are willing to look into it and kind of understand what like the people that created it and why it was created, it can you come away with a different feel than if you just go into it blind and look at it and it's like, well, this is this is patently ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, the game, yeah,
0: the game, the game is a satire. It's just hard to do. It's hard to do satire in video games because because everything looks um, like it must
1: be a satire because it's so ridiculous.
0: Well, yeah, and also (laughs) and also because it's hard to satire something in which you're and it's hard to say this is ridiculous and this is dumb and this is silly but then also ask the player to engage in that Mm -hmm. thing and be like take it seriously as a gameplay concept because Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to see the satire is by engaging with it and being it yeah so it's hard but i think yeah i mean capcom sort of stay on the right side. i'm not going to say that lollipop chainsaw is the wrong side of that but it stays on the more forgiving and sort of easier to access side of that yeah. kind of writing yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't tempt things too far because i mean you know there are there are readings of resident evil 7 that could be quite serious you mm-hmm. know that are quite serious but then you know it's also got a guy that chases you around in a car inside a garage and you know a guy who's uh lucas who clearly is just loves jigsaw from <laughs> yeah. like um yeah. so it's got the ridiculousness to it as well but yeah no they i guess it's just you know they, they they tread a fine line on that writing and that sort of vibe of their games just like they tread a fine line on bringing back nostalgic gameplay elements with new ones they try to fine line with what um what franchises to keep close and really focus on and then the ones that they sort of have either dropped or keep on the back burner they've um yeah i don't know they've walked the tightrope in the last few years and um yeah got into the other side pretty successfully i'd say come and let us know your thoughts on capcom via twitter we are at indie by design and once again like i said at the start we do have a discord server that we've just set up which you can find via our twitter account so come and join that too also if you like the show then it'd be hugely appreciated if you could leave us a five-star review on itunes as it really really does help us reach new people so any kind of spreading the word would be fantastic otherwise thank you again for listening and we'll be back next week